It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what's happening, everyone? And welcome as we get ready for today's game two of a back-to-back. The San Jose Sharks have won two in a row, downing the Anaheim Ducks 5-3 and LA 4-3 in a shootout last night. And then today, it's hosting the New York Rangers from SAP Center. And the news that we were waiting for on Mario Ferraro is out. He is going to be out for a bit, according to head coach David Quinn, as reported by Curtis Pashelka and Shang Peng. Lower body injury. We all saw him go hard into the boards in the second period. And from that point on, his absence, well, we saw that LA got their way back into the game. And you know that he is a most um, important player described as Quinn as their best defenseman. And now, if you didn't appreciate how good Ferraro was previously, now you're going to see exactly uh, what his absence will mean in terms of impact. Kalen Addison will slot back in on defense for the Sharks in this game, but it highlights, again, the Sharks' inability to stay healthy for a large part of this season. Of course, you get back Logan Couture and Nico Sturm, so you're strong up the spine. Uh, stronger up the spine, I should say, but you lose Mikhail Granlin and then you lose Mario Ferraro. So just more and more of the challenge the Sharks have to face this year, most particularly with injury. And this goes against uh, tonight, a very difficult lo- a matchup against the Rangers. And I will say, though, that the Rangers have not been playing as good as they were uh, to start off their season when they were 18-4-1. and And they are cooler as of late, but still a very dangerous team, 4-5-1. and In their last 10 games, they've not been on fire. Uh, They lost to the Kings, but were able to get a win over the Ducks, especially after they fell behind 2-0. But right now, the Rangers are still atop their division. Very, very dangerous team, and I don't think anybody should be looking past uh, how potent they will be. Uh, We're going to talk about all that and more as we are now joined by the longtime color commentator of the New York Rangers, Dave Maloney. Dave, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, doing well now that the sun's finally out. We right. were in L.A. and it rained there, and it was raining in Anaheim, and it was raining here yesterday, and the sun's out here on the left coast, so that's kind of nice, but all in all, things are good. Yeah, the hope is when you're coming from the uh, east coast to the west coast in late January that you're going to get uh, better weather than what we've been having. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, uh, we'll we'll take the non-rain as a, as a small win. But, uh, small victory. You know, Dave, we go back to when the Sharks and Rangers met, um, you know, almost two months ago. Things were a lot different for the Rangers, who have been having a little bit more tough go of it as of late, but still um, atop that Metro and looking like a very, very dangerous team. Um, so what's what's been going on with the Rangers? Because some people have said that, you know, that weekend stint in SoCal was kind of a microcosm of the way things have gone lately. Well, yeah, I mean, every, you know, it's, it's funny over the, the course of a season, you know, we've just come through, uh, you know, Edmonton's the latest, hottest story. And right. that was a team that looked like it was the end of the world, according to the Oiler Nation. And, and, and you know, you got L.A. was uh, hadn't lost on the road early. The Rangers were out hard and, and, you know, different things. And now 
I just think through the course of the season, um, and and if we agree that on a night to night basis that any anything can happen, there's no easy win, the margin for error is slim. Uh, then why should you suspect that the season wouldn't play out that way also? Mm-hmm. And I think the key um, is, you know, how long does your downtime last and where do you stand when you start to come out of it? So I, I'm not sure the Rangers are out of it 100% yet. Um, their goaltending, uh, Igor Shosturkin, who had set such a high bar um, for early in his career, winning the Vesna uh, Trophy, and rightly so, second year in, has he been the, the player that Hendrik Lundqvist was for 15 seasons? Uh, no, he hasn't been. So that brings the Rangers back to earth a little bit. And I think also, too, a lot of the difference in the season to the observance of many, myself included, was going to be the continuing evolution of their younger players. And that included Braden Schneider and Keandre Miller on the blue line. It included Alexis Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and Philip Petal up front. Um, well, of those five, three of them, or two of two of two of them had been uh, significantly injured. Caco's just back in the lineup, and Heedle's not back yet. So what that has done, is I think when you look at the you know the teams that are maintained and are on the upswing, their younger players are in the wheelhouse of their careers. And the, the Rangers have played without Heedle, who arguably is a top six center Iceman, and played 30 or 23 games without Kako, a top six right winger. That being said, you have to persevere, and the, the Rangers are still a competitive team and still well within a playoff berth. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not one of those who thinks that the uh, sky is falling with the Rangers. I still see them when they are playing their game, um, a very, very dangerous team. And it's going to be hard to keep up the pace of an 18-4 and one start. And I believe since then right. it's 11-11 uh, and one. Right. But, you know, I, I think that s- some of the things that people have pointed to is like some, the a lot of the mistakes have reared their heads consistently and like turnovers in particular, or just bad decisions with the puck. I mean, I guess that if your bad stretch is going to put you at four or five and one in your last 10, it's not, it's not that bad. I mean, they're still on top of the Metro and I guess what you're seeing in terms of these mistakes that people are pointing to, how rectifiable is it and how normal is it? And you can point to this from your experience as a player that teams are going to go through lulls over the course of a season, the LA Kings who the sharks beat last night have looked very, very good this year, but they're in a bit of a lull as of late. They're two, four and four, but you know, I don't expect LA to go careening down the standings. I think teams go through bad points, especially in the doldrums here. And as you get towards the all-star break and then eventually the trade deadline, and then they, they turn things around. But to, to that question, I mean, what, what would the Rangers do you think they can do to stop some of the consistent makes that they're uh, mistakes that they're making? Well, listen, I, I, the thing with them, there have been very few games where um, they haven't been, where they've been totally outplayed. They are totally, uh, you know, overwhelmed by 60 minutes they put forth. I, I think that's probably the, the, the redeeming quality is that they've been, they have been victimized. I think it's, like 18 or 19 times of giving up goals back to back within a minute and 30 seconds um, that have caused a, a change in the momentum of a hockey game. 
the, the, the mistakes are not overwhelming, uh, but a lot of times in the last, uh, you know, on this last stretch, they've been catastrophic, ending up in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. So by and large, I, I really can't think of, but maybe five games where you go, okay, th that one, we just chalked that one up. Um, they, they maintain a real resiliency, and it's just a matter of when they are in the hole, have they found a way to dig themselves out? So... I think they get victimized a little bit. Um, their their top players tend to be more of an outside in type team, more of a European um, East West like to create things from the outside and through the seams. And um, are they are they playoff savvy and an inside game? I, I think that's still a work in progress. Um, it's interesting uh, that the game you know in Anaheim they make. Two mistakes, and you're down two nothing after out shooting, uh, you know, holding Anaheim to basically two shots in the first period. So there are there are things that like that that you kind of grasp onto and say, listen, they're they are in most every game, and their mistakes have been, I think, more catastrophic than they should have been. But that's the reality. You've got to find the way to just to persevere and. And so when you're looking at a Ranger team, I think that when they get in trouble, they try and, you know, aren't quite attentive to where the puck should go when they think they're in trouble. And, you know, lots of times when you, at the end of the day, when the goalie doesn't give you the save that needs to be made at a certain point of the game, um, lots, you know, you're going to chase the score more often than not. And I think that's been the case recently. Yeah. And, you know, watching, you know, the way that that game played out um, against the, the Ducks and seeing what, you know, Laviolette was doing and shuffling lines. I mean, that's always, I mean, people think a lot of the line shuffling is going to happen more with a team like the Sharks where you're, you know, in more of a search for answers and there's a lot of injuries that's been going on. But I mean, that's, that's hockey, right? Like it, different games present differently and a, a coach has always got to be able to find things that work. Well, that's been, and, and to the point we talk about their consistency and their resiliency, the, rarely has he had to do that. Rarely. Uh, I, I I don't think it's been, other than injuries, the lion, the, you know, the injuries have been to, you know, Adam Foote was out for 10 games. Um, Kako was out for 21. Mm -hmm. That's basically been it. And there has been really no, uh, reason to you know press the pen the defense pairings outside of injuries keandre miller missed two games just he needed to take a breather fox there really hasn't been a reason to press the panic button mid-game uh, and the other night was one of those few times and it happened to work so i just think that really uh, laviolette and his staff have done a wonderful job of of keeping the status quo keeping the um, um, the attitude in the right where it's supposed to be. They go period to period, game to game. Um, they quickly became, over time, a little more veteran club. Um, you know, leadership in, in Truba, and there, there's, just, there's just a lot of things in place. The question is, at the end of the day, when you match up against the top teams of the league, where do you stand? And I think the Rangers are still maybe a body or two or a year or two away from really, really being a legitimate cup contender. What uh, was your take of the Sharks when they played previously this year? Um, you know, that was kind of the, the first of uh, a few games there on the East Coast road trip where the Sharks mm -hmm. kind of came roaring back because it was, uh, mm -hmm. I believe it was 6-3. And then yeah, was uh, the Sharks, uh, mm -hmm. you know, got two late goals to make it interesting. 
Uh, Rangers still held on, but that was kind of the start of a nice little run for the Sharks where they started fighting back against some really good teams and then beat the Islanders uh, in overtime, beat the Red Wings in overtime, and then uh, took a point from Vegas before coming home and beating Winnipeg. Well, the, the thing is, you you never you, you really don't know a team till you watch them day in day out, and and or the and and I remember the Sharks came into town. We we loved David Quinn when he mm-hmm. was with us, just a uh, forthright, honest, and a fun guy to be around. And 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 you knew that in the room there might have been, and I think Hurdle had been hurt. He was just coming back into the lineup. So they were getting some vet, they were getting some players back, and yes, it was a six three game late, and uh, and San Jose scored twice. But it 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 speaks to on any given night. And then you know my suspicions are uh, the Sharks would take a little something from that and 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 go from there. So it's um, I only saw that because we were in last night, so the broadcast was blacked out as far as watching uh, the Sharks. But I, like I say, I know Couture is back in the lineup. That makes a difference when you get your top players back. So you're going to lose Ferraro, and you're a little bit banged up in the blue line. So, you know, I, I think in the long run, you can say what you like. Um, over the course of the season, on any given night, anything can happen. But the better teams do find a way to succeed on any given night. And I think the Rangers are in that position to have to believe that uh, the current state of the relative Sharks franchise and where the Rangers are, the Rangers should believe that they have to find a way uh, to beat a team that's in the rearview mirror. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a good point. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch tonight because I always, and I don't believe in the um, idea of, of trap games quite to the same extent that some people would put those out there. But I do think that when you're a team like, the Rangers are or any of the other teams that are sitting atop their divisions, there is a bit of a target. And for teams like the Sharks, and you saw the sure. other day with the Ducks, there can be a lot of that press early on sure. to try and really, you know, take a team that's you know high and mighty out of it. And I always wonder, you know, what, what a Laviolette's gonna say before a game to um, you know, tell his team like, hey, don't look too deep into the into the standings here and where they are, they're still gonna bring it here. Well, no, listen, it, it, at the point, uh, was particularly this Ranger group, they, uh, Laviolette really doesn't have to say anything. I think, you know, it's interesting, really, when you think about, when you think about a crowd that comes into a building, um, and I will use the Rangers as an example. Uh, so when, uh, when Carolina comes in now, which is one of their recent foes, they have a playoff history. The, the There's a buzz in the crowd. The crowd's excited for the game because there's, uh, you know, there is something there. Uh, but then when a team from the West Coast comes in that perhaps has been struggling, the, the building's not the same. So I think it's just human nature to take things for granted and to miss, miss the feeling that you need to have to continue to persevere, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you can, there's there's no question. There's no question that it's human nature to look beyond something that's in the rearview mirror. Uh, but uh, I think it it compels those that have the better records to believe. And and if it was that easy, then why play? So San Jose will show up tonight on back-to-back nights, uh, coming off the back-to-back wins, um, feeling pretty good about themselves. And the Rangers better find a way to pay attention, or it'll be another two points that you'll go, 
oh my God, now we got to make those two points up against a team that might be ahead of us in the standings. So I think there's all kinds of ways that you look at this, that it, if it was that easy, then why bother playing? You know? yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes the pundits uh, make it seem that way and they'll throw it, you know, they'll, it always makes me laugh when people do schedule predictions and it's like, well, right. like if, if, right. if it was that easy, right. why even play, why even yeah. play the games? Um, right. You know, just wanted to get your opinion because Mario Ferraro, you referenced him being mm -hmm. out. Um, looks like he's going to be out a little while. It's not mm -hmm. a very, um, you know, uh, uh, we assume it's, you know, it's not going to be probably before the break when they say something like that. Um, his name's been bandied about in trade talks um, and, you know, a little, a little something about uh, being a defenseman mm -hmm. in the NHL. What do you see when you watch Mario Ferraro? Because, you know, his he's not an eye-popping offensive defenseman like we so often look at in the modern NHL, but, you know, he blocks shots. He does the dirty work, um, and it's just unfortunate that he's going down because I think he would have loved the challenge for this game. But what do you see when you look at Mario Ferraro? Well, he's, he, to me, and again, you really don't know a player until you see him game in, game out, and particularly have the luxury of watching him practice and getting to know somebody. But I, I think you have to be careful um, in a guy at his stage of his career uh, to, to move him or not have him because then you got to replace him. Right. And, uh, you know, I look at, uh, you know, it was fine that McDonough had some contract issues and there was a – a perception of really was he the leader, but you know, when you move a defenseman, that's going to give you big minutes and it's going to give you offense and it's going to give you, you know, a presence in your own end. And boy, you got to be careful <laughs> because then you got to go out and replace them and you can say what you like. You move them for drafts, you move them for picks. There's no guarantee there. So an established defenseman who's got an offensive upside, um, who seems to me be a bit of a glue guy back there. Mm -hmm. uh, boy, oh boy, it'd be one of those you look at and you don't realize how important those type of players are until they're gone. And is a playoff, is a is a, 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 a draft pick uh, that might hit it, might not hit it in, in a two-year, three-year, four-year window? Well, I tell you, you got to be careful. And so I would look uh, at a guy like Ferraro. He's, he's an important guy that, you don't want to look back and say, boy, we have a hard time replacing him. Dave, brilliant stuff as always. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to seeing you at the tank in a few hours, all right? All right, buddy. Thanks for calling. We'll see you in a little bit. Always fun talking with Dave Maloney, the longtime color commentator for the New York Rangers, who joined us here on the Sharks Audio Network. And remember, tonight's game, this will be underway at 7.30 right here on the Sharks Audio Network, pregame 7 o'clock with Dan Rusinowski, who will be joined by Brett Hedekin on color. And again, uh, 7 o'clock pre-7.30 go time. And also be sure to check out on the Sharks Hockey Digest podcast, Dan and Drew's Morning Skate, as they go out of the news, out of Morning Skate, you guessed it, as well as Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report, as the San Jose Sharks get ready to host the Rangers. But looking at this game, the real question is going to be that first period back-to-back -back for the San Jose Sharks. They're going to be feeling it, and it's really a question of how they manage those early minutes because we do know that the Rangers can score goals. It's a matter of the Sharks just not letting it happen and trying to keep that game tight. If the Sharks can jump out to an early lead and take control of the game, that would be huge, obviously, but it's a very uh, stark challenge the Sharks had to have ahead of them going up against this Rangers team. But we are just about all out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey. I will see you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide, presented by Coors Light, and I'm signing off.
This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen. Come the Sharks, Sturm, lead pass, and Eklund shoots and scores! William Eklund getting the pass from Nico Sturm, and he ends a 17-game goalless drought. It puts the Sharks in front, 2-0, with 10.54 to go in the second. 